That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome to another episode. I'm Dylan, and I'm here with Kristen Mann, owner of Kristen Mann Design. Hey. (laughs) Surprise. This is my takeover. (laughs) I, yeah. So why, why are we doing this? Why are you hosting? What's going on? Because with you interviewing everyone, everyone's getting all these stories and look into all these other people that you've brought on your show and yes on your social media you're very open about your story and how your business is going your development but we haven't broken it down to the questions you asked your people no one's asked you the questions that's valid i guess it's time (laughs) it's my (laughs) turn now (laughs) so thank you thanks for for doing this Per usual, I am the test. <laughs> yep, always. And it's your first—it's your first time hosting a podcast. Yeah, it is. We've <laughs> talked about this in in the past about podcasts and all that, and here you are taking the plunge and really owning it. So, I guess I might as well take my turn and trying it, even though yeah. it's your your baby. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> amongst all my babies (laughs) my business baby my gecko baby my fish babies all my babies (laughs) we can get into all those (laughs) (laughs) we'll probably get into all of that let's be real all right so then let's just kick it right off is what do you do what do i do good question so the answer is twofold The first part being that I am a graphic designer. That's what most people probably know me as. Mm -hmm. I help entrepreneurs, small businesses, and either even larger corporations create cohesive brands amongst all platforms. So what does that mean? It could mean that they need help applying their brand to a new print piece or um, an infographic, or maybe they Mm -hmm. need new icons. Um, I also help brands create their logos or rebrand what they currently have. And I also do work for companies on Canva. So I'll make social media templates and print templates and all the templates that they need. So they feel like they are prepared to do some work on their own after I leave them. So that's a really Mm -hmm. popular Mm -hmm. project. I I help in the uh, design side of my business, but I also have another whole part of my business, which is the coaching part. And mm-hmm. that started with Canva coaching. And now it has grown into business coaching. Um, I help both aspiring business owners and 
new business owners create a work life that they really love. So we walk through all their specific goals that are important to them specifically, because everyone has different goals and things that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can look different for everyone, whether it's, you know, making more money, establishing better boundaries, or just figuring technical things out and getting all their ducks in a row, like financially and legally and, and figuring all that stuff out um, so that they feel protected and empowered to just like keep going and keep working. So yeah, most um, certainly. Yeah. So there's the design part and then there's the coaching part. Yeah. And then I have the more intimate details where I've seen you grow from that design work and strictly just design work going into helping entrepreneurs, AKA also me, if it's included in that category, <laughs> and then helping me design all my things, make sure all that's aligned. But then you also have such a business network that you pointed me in the right direction to all the right people to help me get my LLC started. And then you've helped me coach or you've coached me this entire time, like giving me little pointers here, make sure I do this, make sure I do that. So I've seen you do the full turn of going, here's your design work, but this is what you need to do business-wise. And so I have, of course, I get to hear all the stories about all your clients, what you're doing here, what you're doing there. So I've been able to see even that growth of you going, okay, I love this design work. But I started this class with Canva and I really love that communication, that community. Mm-hmm. And you've fallen so much in love with it that here you are, you're diving more into coaching. Yeah, which is not something I ever planned on doing, but kind of just fell into. And it's really that I see a need because like you, I've I've been there. I've wanted to build a business, but not known how to do everything. And there's not a all-encompassing, like comprehensive one-stop shop to starting that and making that transition into owning your own business or even just starting a side hustle. Like I remember just trying to gather information from all these different people and resources and it was very frustrating and overwhelming. So I wanted to to make something and um, coach people and in a way that I needed to be coached back then. So So do you feel like that was, or what would you... So that's kind of like your insight to what drove you to that. But what would exactly be that turning point? Like, when did you notice that? Good question. So I, like I kind of, we've been kind of talking about this a little bit already, but I started my own group coaching course earlier in 2020. 20, I mean, 2021. What year is it? It's 2020. <laughs> so in 2021, I uh, created my own group coaching course to t- teach entrepreneurs how to use Canva and how to brand themselves effectively on social media. And I absolutely loved it. Like I, I, I was excited about the course to begin with, but as we got into it and I started doing more of the coaching, I was like, okay, yeah, this is super fun. <laughs> I really, really like helping these people. But along the way, I also noticed that these women in, in my course, there were seven of them, they all had questions about, you know, design and Canva and branding and all that stuff. But a lot of their questions had to do with business stuff. Like they would be like, how do you schedule clients? Or like, what software do you use to manage your projects? Or does anyone have a a business attorney that I can, you know, be referred to? Or how do you do this? And there was just a lot of conversation around Mm -hmm. the general business um, systems and then things like that. And I, not that I didn't 
have fun answering the Canon branding questions, but I felt a lot more passionate and excited about all those questions because I felt very knowledgeable about mm -hmm. all that stuff because like I said, I had to figure it all out for my own, but I've also helped many friends, including you as well, yep. <laughs> build their and start their businesses. So um, I didn't realize that I was in a position where I could help. And I think once I figured that out, I was like, oh my God, I need to, I need to hop on this opportunity and, and help people. And like I said, there's not really an, a comprehensive um, resource and, and for people to, to build their businesses. And there's not like, there's not a step-by-step -step plan by any means, but just to have someone to guide you through that and just ask the simple questions to like, I, mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And also the, the community aspect. Um, that's what I'm most excited about in, in building my, my new course is just having other people who are going through the same things and to bounce ideas off of and just to like commiserate and be like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this sucks. Like that's super helpful um, for anyone, but especially people who are going through such a big transition into trying to run their own business. So it was definitely, yeah, definitely. the the first coaching program that got me thinking about making the shift into the business side of it. Yeah. Even just me, like when you helped me get mine off the ground, you were giving me pointers here and there, but ever since you started this course, you've given me so much more in-depth things to try and do. So you really have grown that aspect of being a coach to where you give me little things at the end of the day or like by the end of the week and you're like, do this, do that, make sure you do he this here and do that there, try this. But even seeing, you know, obviously if I get home from work and we kind of catch up on our day, like the excitement you get from that coaching aspect has been amazing to see. It's the fact that you're so delighted and inspired by what you see in that community because you're always like oh my god like this said this and then three other people commented on this and they were saying this when i you know told us <laughs> this forever ago so you've been able to see you know everyone grow in the community but you are still at that epicenter like you are the start of that yeah i think that's one of the most exciting things about coaching is realizing that you've brought together so many amazing people into one place and then witnessing them grow because I, I mean, I do witness companies grow and, and entrepreneurs grow when I'm working with them on design work, but I think it's a little different when it's, you know, their business as a whole, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm a business owner, so I understand how much work goes into it. So to see other people grow and, and change and transition into, you know, higher levels and leveling up, like, I think that's the most fun part. So agreed yeah and to actually backtrack a little bit is we didn't talk about your business name mm. like what made you choose Kristen man design <laughs> versus <laughs> some other name. separated name <laughs> yeah i i've referenced this a few times interviewing other people but i think people get surprised when they hear me say this but I didn't focus on my name. I didn't focus on my logo. I really didn't focus on anything visual, um, partially because I, I'm a designer. So I feel like I can change and adapt those things very easily. That's not like mm -hmm. a huge stressor for me, but um, 
as long as the mark was clean and everything was legible and everything just looked professional, that was what I was most concerned mm -hmm. about. Because I think in the beginning, a lot of us think we need a logo and we think we need specific things visually before we can make the next step or even start the business at all. When in reality, there's so many people who just start working they don't have a visual system <laughs> they don't have a logo and you really don't need one and i think a lot of designers would look at me and be like why are you saying that like you're gonna put us out of business <laughs> but it's it's more like you don't need a logo in the beginning you probably need it you know six months a year or a year and a half like just down the line because a lot of us in the beginning also don't know our target audience until we start working with lots of people and figuring out, Oh, I don't like working with this person. And mm -hmm. I'd rather work with this kind of company or in this industry. And we don't have a good name figured out because we don't know what our brand is. Like you have to start doing it to figure out what it's going to look like and, and sound like and, and all that stuff, especially when you're a solopreneur, I think it's different when mm -hmm. um, you know you have a larger business or like a storefront, I, I, the game is different when it's um, when the company is not just a, a solo entrepreneur for sure. But for, for people who are like me, just providing a service, I, I think that you can kind of forego that step and just start working, just start doing it. No, it's like, I remember you did a presentation on uh, this is like when we first started dating where you took the idea of the brand the logo and like some major products like you stripped all the verbiage and just left oh, yeah. colors and imagery. Yeah. And so that actually stuck with me because like when you showed someone like Dunkin' Donuts, they knew it was Dunkin' Donuts without even seeing verbiage. People knew it was Target. People knew it was Walmart. And yeah. the idea like for when I started doing massage, like I didn't know what clientele I wanted to work with until I started working with a lot of different people. And I started to gear my style towards a certain category. Right. And then going back to you, it's like, you've worked on so many different things. It's, <laughs> oh, to backtrack to on this, a funny joke is that the mechanic always has the crappiest car because he does right. all this work all day <laughs> on cars. By the time he gets home, he doesn't want to work on his own. Right. And almost it seems like you have focused so much on clientele work that you were like, okay, this gets the job done for me and moving on. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. And I'm glad I didn't spend much time in the beginning because I feel like my breadth of work has changed so much. But also I'm thinking for this year and maybe into next year, um, thinking of rebranding and actually coming up with a name a little bit more creative maybe not not my name I don't know I'm not sure yet oh no I just I feel like it makes more sense to do that now because now I have the design part of my business and the coaching part and I would like to have mm. a name that encompasses both of them and mm. makes sense so that's not a, a huge priority for me this year by any means but it's just <laughs> something I've been thinking about yeah as we just said you we're figuring out the clientele that you want to work with. And now that you're going from doing design work into more coaching, now it makes sense. If you just have Kristen man design, yeah, like you're not doing just design. Like you're going exactly. more into coaching. So oh, yeah, I know got a little preview into the future insight of Kristen man design. 
yeah we'll see what happens but again <laughs> that's not gonna make or break my business for sure unless like the name has swears in it or something <laughs> <laughs> unless it's like very isolating but yeah well then this is going to be a two-part question then is what is one pet peeve that you have in the design industry and what's your one pet peeve in the coaching industry yeah there i mean there's a few in each but there's two main ones so in the design industry i don't know if it's a pet peeve but it's just something that i've noticed that i clash with when working with other designers and other design teams is a lot of people like i would consider myself detail oriented and i think my clients would as well however i think there's a difference between like ultimate perfection and getting it right or mm -hmm. close to right and i think a lot of people in the design industry are so focused on perfection and even outside the design industry even when it's you know someone who isn't a designer working on a graphic that they need for social media everyone is obsessed with being perfect and my philosophy in design is really just is it legible is the messaging correct and does it make sense overall for the audience mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. intended to to reach and within the circumstances of where it's going to live so if it's a social media graphic is it the right size if it's going to be printed is it the right size like if you have all of those things and at the same time it's recognizable as yours then that works like mm -hmm. realistically not everything you're going to do is going to be perfect so when i work with like new art directors or other designers and they're like but this should be rounded instead of square. I'm like, this is what we're focusing on. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like I said, I consider myself detail oriented, but there's just some things where I'm like, I think we need to take a step back and, and think about like the deadlines that are ahead of us. And I think we can move on with this piece and it is going to function properly. Um, like I'm always going to put my best foot forward and, and present my best work for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, sacrifice quality by any means for quantity, but I do think that we're, we're living in a very fast paced world and we do have to take into consideration, um, I don't know, realistically how things are going to work. And if it's, if the pieces is good and it touches all <laughs> the right points and let's move on, that that's kind of, no, most certainly. Um, it's even, like I said, hearing at the end of the day where you're like, I gave them this, everything was right, but then they wanted to change this aspect. And you're just like, it doesn't make sense. Like it has all the verbiage they need. Everything's cohesive with what their message is, but they're focused on this one thing and we have to wait for approval. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like when I'm working with a small business and it just needs like to be approved by one person, that's one thing. But when it's, it's this really is a problem that happens when i work with larger businesses because they have all these rounds of approvals and people that need to see it and i'm like this is supposed to be going live tomorrow and mm -hmm. we have to have all these people see it still like is this really necessary i just i don't like the hold up i just like to get it right and move on um mm -hmm. but yeah and i guess in in the coaching industry i absolutely hate when people like coaches use money and how much money they make to tell you that they're qualified to coach you or that mm -hmm. like i make six figures and you can too like you can for sure but 
just because someone makes X amount of money doesn't mean that yeah, they're you will. qualified to help you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? All that number, the only thing that it tells me about that coach is that they charge a lot for their services. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just what they invoice people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I don't think, I mean, we live in a capitalist society, so money's important for sure, but I'm not really money driven as an entrepreneur. That was at the way bottom of my list when I wanted to start my business. It wasn't like, I want to make more money. It was because I wanted flexibility and I wanted freedom and I wanted better boundaries and I wanted to work with exciting new clients in different industries. And at the bottom, I was like, if I can make more money doing so, then that's a plus. And Mm. I think our culture just puts so much pressure pressure yeah to make a lot of money and i and we're recording this um in the beginning of january and i i know that i'm feeling a lot of pressure to make new goals and resolutions for this year and a lot of Mm. mine last year were money driven and i feel like i kind of lost myself throughout the year um because i was just like so hungry to make x amount of money per month i'd take Mm -hmm. on way too much work So by the end of this year, I was like, something's got to give. And so I think, you know, my financial goals are, I mean, my, my goals are not going to be financial this year. It's going to be like, if I can make the same amount of money I did last year and do less, like that is going to be amazing. You know, like that, Mm -hmm. that's the goal. So I don't know. I just think like, as soon as I go to someone's Instagram profile and they're like, my first six figure month was last year. I'm like, I don't give a shit about how much money you make. In fact, it's a turnoff. It's a huge <laughs> turnoff to me. I hate it. So <laughs> that's oh, I get to, I get to hear it quite often at the end of the day, if you saw something like that, cause you just like need to, to vent. And you're like, I saw this today and I hate when people do this. And like you said, our society is so driven on. If you make this much, you're successful. If you yeah, don't make this much, you're in trouble yeah and it's insane um but like even with like us looking you know for future endeavors and stuff it's like it it does take that capitalism that that money drive to achieve some of the things that we want but at the same time we are happy like where we are currently obviously we're always like trying to drive for better but we're happy yeah it's always good um so that actually just brings us right into the next category where you said like your goals are changing is as we discussed, like you thought you lost yourself in this past year. And I could definitely say you definitely took on a lot and you were burning out quite a lot. Yeah. I was burned (laughs) out by like month six. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely just brings us into is finding the balance between personal life and business. Mm. And even just going into, as I said earlier in the episode, is that, you know, you share a lot of the insight to your life on social media. I do. So where, I mean, you're obviously always working on the balance, but. Yeah, where's the line? <laughs> yeah, where where is that line and what have you had the most trouble in creating that balance? Well, so I wasn't always. Oh, I mean, I, I've always been an open book with my friends and even people who aren't even my friends. Like, I'm just a very vulnerable, <laughs> open person. 
Um, but I think when it comes to social media, it wasn't until I hired my first business coach, Naomi, when I started to fuse it together, especially on Instagram. Um, and when I started doing that, there was a lot of empowerment because I felt like, not that I was lying to people before, but I felt like I was just being my true self online mm -hmm. and getting messages from people and all the support I was getting. And also just people being like, I feel the same way. I didn't know that like you struggled with that. Like, I, I think it just, if we're all more open and vulnerable with what we're going through, it, it just makes for a, a better community and a better society. So mm -hmm. um, I wasn't always as, as vocal. And that's probably because in the beginning of my freelance career and owning my own business, I was obsessed with like professionalism and mm -hmm. I was afraid to, to mix my personal life and my business life. Not that I was like super closed off or anything, but I think I there always was a clear back cut. in my mind that I was like, I don't know if I want people to know that I'm struggling because then that'll show that I'm weak and then they, they won't want to work with me. That was really mm -hmm. like the fear is that people would see that I'm struggling and be like, Oh, well she can't handle what she's doing. So she can't handle our project and we don't want to work with her, which is not how people think. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> just not a human thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the imposter syndrome comes in and um I don't know. It's, it's hard being a business owner because so many things are tied to your business. So you constantly yeah. have to be thinking, is this going to hurt my business? Is this going to help my business? Is this really, people aren't going to care much about this. Um, mm -hmm. But I've just found the, the more vulnerable I am and the, the more that I share my struggles, the closer I've become with the people I work with and Mm -hmm. I think we all want to be close with the people we work with. And I'm sure that you discovered this being a massage therapist. I mean, you're stuck in a room with people for an hour, or <laughs> 90 minutes, like the best people, your best clients are probably the people who are talking to you and you probably know a lot about them um, because we're humans and we want to connect with people. So why would that be any different online or on Instagram, even if it's a totally different environment? So that, no, that's for sure. my, my idea about it. Well, it's the, the funny that you bring that up is that when you were making that transition and you were being more open about your thing, like your life with clients and stuff like that is actually, it kind of showed me that I've been kind of holding back like myself when I'm talking with clients. I definitely had the, like, here, I'm here to listen. I'm not here to tell you anything. Uh, yeah. And then I started opening up with clients and I definitely grew a lot more appreciation for clients because we started to understand each other we started to actually like be a part of each other's lives rather than just being like a client and therapist we were actually intertwined right. in you know in this room in this moment like we're actually talking about life issues we're talking about our personal lives and i've noticed that a lot of people that i've had that connection with have been return clients and we always yeah. like if it's been like a little bit because obviously like family stuff or financial stuff and they come back we're like i'd seen you so long we have so much to catch up on so it's 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 very nice um yeah. at the end of the day we all just want to feel seen and i think by sharing our struggles on social media or sharing with your clients in a session i mean you don't have to be like 
I'm getting divorced. You know what I mean? You don't have to like share everything <laughs> and every, and especially if you're going through something at that moment, I mean, you don't have to tell everyone everything, but I do think when people see themselves and others, they just feel less alone and they feel like they are, I don't know, they can, they can achieve more and do more than they think they can. And it also makes us better at our jobs when we know that our clients are struggling with things. We can, you know, keep that in mind. And I don't know. I, I just think it's all around a better experience to be a little bit more open. No, definitely. Cause like I've recently, I had a client and he opened up that, you know, something in his life happened. I said, Hey, something similar happened to me. This is how I handled it. And this is what I chose to do. And he goes, and he actually ended up reaching out to me on Instagram. And it was just like, hey, man, like you really helped me with what you said and actually meant a lot to me. I'm really going to hold on to that. And just like, yeah, whoa, that's that's insane that it affected him that much where I was just telling him what I went through and what I chose to do. Yeah, so. if, if we can help just one person, that's it's worth it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um. So speaking of help is what has been your biggest struggle in your career yeah there's been a lot but i think <laughs> i think generally speaking it would be like unraveling and letting go of previous mindsets and and mm. the way that i thought about things so like for example i think a lot of women especially going into owning their own business there's this whole persona of like the lady boss and <laughs> I thought that I had to like look a certain way and dress a certain way and go into the city and do this. And I don't know, there was just a whole like vibe that I was trying to achieve in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I think COVID had a lot to do with this, but I just reached a point where I was like, you know what? I am much more introverted now than I ever have been in my life. And by going out into the city every day, I am exhausted. I, I This is not good for my energy. So I am going to do 90% of my work remotely. And mm -hmm. as soon as I started like leaning into that fact and, and knowing that that's how I would operate the best, I think I, I started to let go of a lot of things. And I'm not saying that you you can't go into the city and you can't dress up <laughs> and you can't wear your heels and you, you know what, do whatever you want. It's just at the end of the day, like, this was I don't have your to decision. Way. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. have to look a certain way to be a successful in quotations um, business owner. And mm -hmm. I think there's just so many like preconceived notions and ideas that I had about owning a business. I thought that you had to work like 60, 70 hours a week to be successful because I have family members and friends and their parents who had to work hard and have you know trouble keeping their business afloat so I was like well I even if I'm doing well I got to be working all the time and mm -hmm. I think I also was like oh, I'll never make x amount of money like I had this number in my head where I was like I'll never get there that would be cool like yeah right but like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> and then it happened this year and I, mm -hmm. I just think that we stop ourselves before we start a lot um mm -hmm. And we just, we repeatedly tell ourselves, like, we're not, we don't look like this, so we won't be successful. Or I've never done this before, so I can't be good at it. And mm -hmm. in reality, mm -hmm. like, I think this is also 
just becoming more of an adult, but we, I've learned that we're all kind of winging it, right? Like no one mm -hmm. ever really knows what they're doing all the time. So once I understood that, I was like, okay, the world is my oyster and I can, I can do more than, than I ever thought I could. And that was really empowering. Mm -hmm. well, it's even like, uh, I forget what I was listening to the other day. It was actually in the, on the radio when we were in the car. Someone was saying like, you know, if this coal under so much pressure can turn into a diamond, it's like that, you know, I mean, technically didn't really have a choice to, to give up or not, <laughs> but the idea is behind it is the fact that if you don't give up, if you continue and you adapt and you grow is that you can turn into something that's even better than what you were before. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be perfection. It doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, I am the ultimate, like I am the ideal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, it's just you persevered. Yeah. I, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just showing up and trying to be consistent and also just doing what you love because there have been times where I've taken on projects and clients who I don't love and the days have been a lot harder and the projects and the, the, um, the end products have not been great because my heart wasn't in it. Um, mm. and I've left a lot of those clients behind and, in 2021 and i'm trying really hard to not take on work that i'm not like absolutely ecstatic about but in mm -hmm. the beginning it's hard to do that because you're kind of desperate to make money right <laughs> so you're, you're taking on as much as you can so there is a a learning curve um with that but all in all the we are much more capable than what we think yeah i never thought i would own a business at all <laughs> but it was like an idea I had when I graduated from massage school and the fact that I can say, Hey, I reached that point where I am an owner of a massage business. And it definitely is something you can have in your mind and it kind of just not festers, but it sits there in the back and it's oh, yeah. always on your mind, but then to actually have it, it's like, kind of like, <laughs> It's kind of like, you know, what the Joker said in the Batman. It's like you chase, the, you know, the dog chases the car all day. And finally, when he gets you know to the car, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and I think you bring a good a good point. Uh, I know that I. I had the idea to to go freelance and be my own business owner, be my own business, be a business owner um, <laughs> for a while. But part of what held me back was just having that identity as a business owner, I was like, I feel like so much will have to change for me to, to be that person. And I guess in a way there are some things that have to change, but all in all, like, no, not like you don't have to completely change everything about yourself to mm -hmm. own a business. Like, I think I held on to the term entrepreneur for so long. Cause I was like, that sounds scary and like legit. And I'm not a legit business owner. Like I would say that to myself <laughs> all the time. And at the end of the day, I tell my clients this, if you are providing a service or a product and people are purchasing it, you're a business owner. Like you are, you're doing it. That's mm -hmm. it. That's all that you need to do to qualify to, to own a business <laughs> really. Okay. So going on to more lighthearted stuff is uh, my favorite questions. <laughs> <laughs> what's 
when was the last time someone said that's so on you didn't brand? ask me the car question i was gonna save that for last i was gonna oh, continue we're going with out all of the... order all right yeah, cool. we have so been you want you want to have this my takeover <laughs> okay so you want to know when was the last time someone said that's so on brand for for mm-hmm. me right it's funny because i i was thinking about this right before we were recording and i really I think because I was put on the spot, I couldn't think of anything specific, but <laughs> usually when someone says this reminds me of you or like, I always, I tell people who I interview this, but think about it more in the context of like what videos or content people are sending you on social media. And it always has something to do with like giraffes for me or <laughs> leopard geckos, something with fish tanks. And lately it's been a lot of um, like plant-based recipes and vegan, um, vegan stuff, like vegan mm-hmm. content. I had two people already today um, text me or DM me with like vegan stuff. And I think it's cool that people are starting to do that because we only recently became vegan in the spring of 2021. So it's mm-hmm. not even been a year since you and I have lived that lifestyle, but that's what people are starting to to think of me as uh, the vegan, the vegan person in their life, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> no, it's definitely. You get just so drastically excited. different than how, how I would describe myself like two years ago. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's just funny. Like it, it goes to show that like our brands are ever changing and we're always transitioning into other aspects of, of our lives. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, since you already brought it up, what is a childhood memory that was so on brand for you? So I think of my childhood and I think of a couple things. So first of all, my my first word was no, and I used it a lot. So <laughs> I was not it definitely is you. Yeah. Um, I think you'll you'll appreciate this. My my mom always talks about how like her and my dad would like try and give me a hug or like, you know how like parents will like pat their kids like butts on, they'll be like, I don't know. It's just like a loving like little pat. And I would like swing around and I'd be like, you don't own me. You can't just touch me without asking. <laughs> like I always wanted affection or attention or like whatever it was on my own time. Yep. It was never like I was not easy at all. Um, sure. So I think that that makes a lot of sense for who I am now. I'm like very independent, and I feel like I was kind of like ahead of my time in mm-hmm. terms of like feminism. <laughs> I was like, you can't just touch me. My dad's like, I didn't say I owned you. Like, why are you saying that? Like, I have distinct memories of being like, don't touch me. No, your parents have brought that up quite a lot. Like even like actually going from after the pandemic and we went to go visit them for the first or the lockdown, we went to go Mm -hmm. visit them for the first time and they have this massive couch and I always sit on a corner where an armrest because like I always got up and helped and all that stuff. And you happened to sit directly next to me. So like your leg was literally on my leg (laughs) and your mom went, you know, you can sit apart from him right and he went, well we've been studying like this for six months i'm used to it yeah. whereas in the beginning of our relationship your mom said to me it's like wow you like you really have gotten her to like open up like she never used to want to hold hands with anyone and here she is holding hands with you in photos 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big PDA person. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just. I mean, it's funny because I wouldn't describe myself as a hugger, but I think that's my greeting of, of choice only because of November Project because they literally mm. built the habit into me. When mm. you see someone new, you hug them like. I, mm. And I am not someone who is like, I'm going to hug everyone. Like, I don't cuddle with my best friends. Like, I'm not that kind mm-hmm. of girl. I, I like my personal space. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think it's funny looking back as a child and hearing my parents be like, oh, no, everything was always on your own terms. I'm like, that explains a lot about my current <laughs> life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even running a business, right? Like, I have full control for the most part. I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always the great stories of like talking with your parents all about that <laughs> yeah it was a little shit but the best people were right <laughs> let's get into the, the two best questions as you already brought up is if you were a car what would you be i feel like you're gonna hate me for saying this because it's right so on. stupid and basic but i think i'd be my car my, <laughs> we've been my... over this <laughs> well here's what i'm thinking though so I have a Toyota RAV4 XLE 2018. It's new and I love it. Um, But I think my friends and my family and people who know me well would describe me as like independent and dependable and, uh, you know, a little outdoorsy. And I think that Toyotas are very dependable and you know what you're getting with them. and I think the independence kind of goes with the, the RAV4 because it's not a small car, but it's not a big car, but you can still fit a lot of stuff in it. So if I wanted to escape from Massachusetts and drive west, I could, I could you know, put a mattress back there and, and sleep. And I don't know, I think it just, it's versatile. Like it has mm-hmm. a lot that you can do with it. And it can be outdoorsy, but it can also be pretty sleek looking like even today I went to Trader Joe's and I I was like where did I park like I forgot that I I had that car like it's still <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a slightly darker gray than I had before but it looks sportier and sleeker and and nicer and I don't know I I think it just has a a good vibe it's also not intimidating it's not like a car that you look at and you're like whoa you must make big bucks you know what I mean like it's just mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's it's a nice it's a nice car, but it's not too nice. <laughs> Which I think is is on brand for me. <laughs> oh, that's definitely when you were coming up with these questions for the podcast. Is you asked me that question? You're like, if I was a car, what what would I be? And I was just like, I don't know, like maybe something. And I couldn't even finish my sentence. Doing, I'll be in my car. I'm definitely the RAV4. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I love, I just love my car. I love RAVs. I like uh, SUVs in general. Yeah, no, it definitely suits you very well. You can, you know, go to a, you know, cocktail party in a dress, but then you'll have like your hiking boots <laughs> in the back of the car, like ready to go. Yeah. I have a lot of <laughs> shit back there. <laughs> <laughs> And then your favorite question out of all of them, what is the funniest thing you have witnessed? I have so many. I have two. The first story has to do with my friend, Abby. Who was, (laughs) she's one of the funniest people (laughs) I've I've ever known in my entire life. And she probably listened to this and be like, really? But 
yes some of the funniest moments I've ever experienced have been her and she always just has like the funniest reactions to things like if I text her something I'm like I'm just texting her this because I want to see your reaction because she's just she's a character but we went on a hike and it was back when she was like closer to Worcester I think it was at Miller State Park and we like it was just us the entire time like we had not seen a single other human being and we're going like up this like teeny little hill and then like down the teeny little hill and I don't know what she tripped on but she trips and she literally like penguin slides down this hill and at this exact (laughs) moment this older woman is hiking by doesn't even look at us like doesn't ask if she's okay doesn't even (laughs) react she just power walks by us and Abby is in like she's in so much pain because she stubbed her finger so bad she was like I may have broken it (laughs) and I was like I could not stop laughing because my like the videos that make me laugh the hardest are people like falling on their asses like I just Mm -hmm. think that's like the absolute funniest thing ever so seeing her fall, I didn't even ask if she was okay until like I could breathe because I just thought it was so funny. Um, so that's one of the funniest things. But my one of my favorite stories is when I was in the airport in Iceland and I haven't been there since 2016. So it's been a long time. I don't know how it looks now, but in my head, in my memory, when you're going through like security and you have to put like your bag on the conveyor belt and then it like goes through and they scan mm-hmm. it and all that stuff. So we're doing that. I'm coming home. I'm going back to Boston and we're in the, the airport and there's all my friends like behind me or in front of me. And then there's another guy that we weren't traveling with in front of us. And he puts mm-hmm. the bag on the conveyor belt and like, there's like a part of the conveyor belt that you can't, can't see so like if they scan it and they see something they don't like they're like questioning it it goes down this other like this other pathway mm-hmm. and you don't see where it goes like it just disappears I, I still don't know where it goes but I don't know maybe it was just like hidden behind a wall or something mm-hmm. but this guy in front of me puts this bag on and it goes through the scanner and then it sees something it doesn't like and it throws it down this other like other way and I will never forget, he gasps and then he turns and he looks at me in the eye and he goes, my bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that commercial it was like, um, what is a commercial? It's like the contact commercial. OK, quick note, because I had to look this up because it was bothering me. I couldn't think of this in the moment, but. I was referring to the 1-800-CONTACTS special eyes commercial when the guy is like holding the contact box and then he dramatically goes, my brand. <laughs> it was like the exact same um, level and like same tone that the guy said, my bag, which I think made it a million times funnier. So, okay, we're going back now. I can't think of how it goes, but it was like the exact same tone, like my whatever. That, mm-hmm. that they'd say in the commercial and I couldn't help but laugh at him but I just <laughs> I just randomly will think of this moment he goes my bag and then he starts <laughs> running and my friends were like what is going on it's such chaos over there I'm like it took his bag I don't know where it went and then 
I had this like moment of like fear. I was like, I'm not your bag. <laughs> what if my bag gets taken? Flagged. Go, but it went through with no problem. But I just my bag. <laughs> this poor man. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, hopefully he got his bag back. <laughs> you know, we'll never know. But yeah, there. There's nothing better than laughing. I just, I think of when, when I was thinking of this question, like the answers to it, I was just thinking of like all the funniest people I've ever met. And I'm like, I can't think of stories with you, but I know we've had so much laughter. <laughs> I mean, I think anything with my best friend, Andrea, anything silly, like, I don't know, just get us like a slightly tired mm-hmm. and like a little insane. Then we'll, we'll have like the, the funniest moments ever, but yeah. Uh, I think when you asked me this question during the podcast, I completely forgot about a very funny story with you that I always bring up with everyone now (laughs) is the fact that we were sitting at the table and I forget what we were doing, but it came down to something was $15 and something was 25. I said, oh yeah, that's 40. And you looked me dead in the eye and went like, you're wrong. That, yeah, that's not I was right. like, that is absolutely not 40. I yeah. went, you're on drugs. I, I looked at you, I paused, and I went, wait, <laughs> wait, you're arguing against me that 15 and 25 doesn't equal 40. <laughs> and we had a conversation for probably like 10 minutes back and forth. And I finally said, pull out your phone and put it together. I and feel like I did still it. didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way, but it's really just like, take the five from 25 and add it to 15. Then it's 20 plus 20. It's 40. It makes sense. But in that moment, I was so sure that it did not equal 40. I was like, no, it's like 35. No, the fact that sense. you were just so dead serious looked at me like, no, you're wrong. Oh, that's and I was so about me. I when I think I'm right, I am like, I'm I'm awful. You oh, it turned into a whole mind. conversation. Like you said, you still didn't believe it, even though you did it on the calculator but when have you ever when has anyone ever added 25 and 15 together <laughs> never it's an odd it's an odd combination okay <laughs> it uh, is. It's, it's one of my st- favorite stories now <laughs> and i was trying to think of a funny moment with you and i because obviously you were interviewing me but i just feel like all of ours are just like silly things that people wouldn't find funny <laughs> Yeah, there are the funny little are inside always, jokes. Like, in, inside jokes, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you always find it funny when I go to kill a bug and you take a video and I have a wedgie. Because <laughs> for some reason you're always killing bugs when you're you're just in your boxers. Yeah, because <laughs> it's always like when I'm in bed and you're. It's like, always like there's a bug. We're going help. to bed, or as we're waking up, that's when the bugs come out. So you're always in your underwear, <laughs> killing bugs, and I'm I don't know. It's you killed one today, thankfully. Yeah, you're like, hey, you're getting out of bed early. There's a bug. <laughs> I know. I was like, have fun in bed while I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. Actually, you're getting up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, relationship life. Mm-hmm. Which is and... funny because I used to be the bug killer in every apartment I lived in. I was the brave one. Not anymore. And now I'm like, nah, he can do it. Every single one. Or I'll come home from work and like, you weren't here, but I did something you'll be proud of. And I'm like, why? Like, I killed a bug on my own. I had like a whole Instagram story, like a saga about the spider that one time. 
I killed yep. it like two minutes before you got home. I was like, I could have waited just a little <laughs> bit longer. I did it though. I did it. Well, this has been an awesome takeover. I will say that. In fact, I get to yeah. interview you. Great and job. To do, oh, thanks. For any closing remarks, do you have anything you want to promote, sell, tell the world? Remarks. Yes. Um, I am. I have alluded to this a couple of times in the episode, but I have officially launched Launch Your Business Bootcamp. It is my new 10-week course. It's a group coaching course. So you'll be able to meet other people who are going through the transition from you know, corporate life into owning your own business. Or if you're someone who you know has been in business for a little bit and you need some help with the logistics, things like you know, finances and bookkeeping, legal stuff, just establishing better business systems. Um and if you're, you know, a side hustler and you're you're struggling to to balance everything, this could be a good opportunity for you. I have five amazing guest coaches already confirmed, and I might have another. I'm not sure, but I am bringing in other professionals to mm-hmm. coach people because although I know a lot about this stuff, I think it's important that people hear it from the source. So I want to bring these people in. So um, the people, the cohort members of the course are getting all their questions answered and they just feel less stressed overall Mm -hmm. about running a business. Um, It can be super overwhelming. Like I said, I have been there myself and it's, it's tough because even when you do get answers, you kind of second guess yourself. You're like, okay, well, Google said this, so it should be okay. But then I read it. I read something else over here and I'm not sure if that's actually accurate. Mm. So maybe I'm going to get audited. You know, like everyone's like so worried about getting audited or, you know, not having the right contracts in place and things like that. So um, like I said before, I wanted to create a course for people to learn all this stuff. So again, it's called Launch Your Business Bootcamp. We are starting January 31st. Everyone who listens to this podcast, they they get $200 off enrollment. So that's cool. and yeah, it's 10 weeks group coaching. We have calls every week and we'll be able to connect every day as many times as you want on Slack. So I am going to be available for anything that you may have questions about. So that's really my, my big push right now. I'm really excited about it. It's my baby and it's what I wish I had uh, when I first started my business. So mm-hmm. that is the big push. But I, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, please do at Kristen Man Design. And um, I post lots of leopard gecko and fish content on there, <laughs> as well as business stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. I'm not really taking on any other new design clients at the moment. So uh, if you have interest in business coaching, or Canva coaching or launch basis bootcamp. Those are the top three right now. Yeah, as we said, you were you were making a transition. And here oh. it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing design work. So it's not that I'm abandoning that completely. I'm just fully booked. I have amazing clients that I love working with who I am giving all my time to for mm-hmm. design work. So that 
that is why I don't have any availability at the moment, but uh, hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's the goal. The goal is to be booked, right? Um, it's it's a it's a great I feel I feel great being there at this point in, in my career for sure. That's awesome to hear. Well, thank you for letting me take over. And I, I want to thank you for for coming on here and interviewing me. Um, like I said, you've never you've never interviewed anyone before. And oh. not that I had a lack of faith because you're a people person and you are easy to talk to. And I think that's one of your best qualities. So um, you might be a little biased though. <laughs> yeah, but I can still, we can still critique each other. We're, we're close to each other all the time. We know, we know our flaws and weaknesses, but being around people is absolutely not your flaw or weakness by any means. <laughs> you excel at that and it's it's nice to have someone around who is good at that because mm. my energy runs low super fast now <laughs> 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 but i have love doing the podcast um one last thing before before we close um i just think if you've been thinking about doing a podcast and I'm not, I'm talking to you Dylan but also everyone who's listening um if you've been thinking about doing a podcast but you're afraid of how you sound and just figuring everything out. Like I'm still, I'm still learning, but I've had a ton of great feedback from people saying that they enjoy it. And I am not an eloquent speaker by any means. So mm -hmm. you do not have to have everything figured out before you, you take action. So <laughs> that's the message. I'll We're leave all winging it, right? We are all winging it. And if you want a little bit of support as you're winging it, Join Launch Your Business Bootcamp, launching January 31st. <laughs> That's like the most salesy thing I've ever done in my life. But uh, that was, that was unapologetic. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Anyway, it be. thanks so much again. We've drawn this out long enough. Yep. <laughs> my takeover is over. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll close us off, I guess. <laughs> Dylan, no, you close us off. Sign us out. Please continue listening and rate us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Oh, I've never said that before. I guess I'm not concerned with my ratings, but I did get one five-star rating, which is exciting. But yes, okay. Thank you, everyone. I will, you'll hear me next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. Mm -hmm, you're welcome. All right, bye.